Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So I was having a mini discussion with myself. Yes, I have those discussions with myself at times. No judge. It's a judgment-free phone call. And I was thinking about the subject of math. And I just thought about, I struggled with math for so many years. I mean, literally just expect for that to be my lowest grade in, in all report cards. Don't even, don't even try to just get me in trouble. You have something to say, parents, you go ahead and do the math, okay? <laughs> it was terrible, and I just automatically deemed myself, I'm bad at math. That was my mantra until I got to college. And when I went to college and they showed me, hey, you're going to have to take a math class. And I was having, you know, slight palpitations, if you will. This professor by the name, I will never forget her name. I should have named my daughter after her. Mrs. Brown. When she put her math problems on the board for whatever the reason, it was like, learning my ABCs. No, meaning it was extremely understandable to the point that I had to catch her outside, how about that, um, and ask her, why is it that math is easier now? <laughs> like, I remember having a brain freeze from about seventh grade on when it came to math. And I don't know if it's because they started adding letters to numbers or they just started having harder names like calculus and what are these trinometries you've given me? It, it was no longer just simple arithmetic. I don't know if I expected it to stay the same. All I know is that she did similar math in college and it was like crystal clear. And for the first time ever, I wasn't afraid to approach math. It wasn't just like, oh my goodness, we having a test. It was like, oh, hold on. Can I talk to you real quick? Why did I get a 95? Which one did I get wrong? Like she was walking in there <laughs> super confident. Not the conversations I was having in high school. It was like, what can I do for the extra credit? Because I can't fail this class. I'm going to get in trouble when I get home. Yeah, shouts out to my childhood. Um, my birthday is June 28th, which means that in New York, my birthday was always the last day of school, okay? And so it meant report card equated to birthday equated to please help me. I can't get in trouble on my birthday. Okay, great. Awesome. Appreciate your teachers. So that made me kind of think, what in life did we have an experience with and we just decided, you know what? Mm, I'm good on that. That a prior experience or someone else's experience made us just have this real hesitant stutter step into how we approach certain things. So I was thinking of just about, again, the math. I believe, in my opinion, the reason why some women may struggle with math more so than men is because that is a particular subject that we have to 100% approach with all logic. I think that it's actually low-key the torture chamber because we are not, as women, primarily wired to just use our logic all the way through. Like, I think we do better at things like health and psychology and things that allow us to factor in how we feel, you know, history and things of that nature. Although I dreaded history, but I do find that women kind of, we do better in things that we can offer our opinion and our point of view and our perspective. I think we do way better.
But I think that we struggle in areas such as math and in walking life, relationships, because we give ourselves this notion of we are not good at it. So with the instance of math, when I told myself at the first, I don't even know when it happened. I don't know if it was a little bit of elementary school, but it was definitely high school that I just told myself I'm not good at math. So from that point on, once I had that stance, it seems like life helped me with that verbalized narrative. Oh, you're not good at math? Expect every test to be just disastrous. Oh, you have a citywide test that you're getting ready to take? Yeah, you're going to be in the two percentile. How about that? And I think that we approach certain areas in our life the same way that I did math. Like, have you made yourself believe, as far as relationships are concerned, my picker is off? Just because a relationship decision or two ago, you didn't choose so well, right? So you've already made yourself believe my picker is off. Guess what? When you go ahead and either verbally, mentally, or emotionally get that out, life is going to play to that narrative. Now you're getting all types of like, I don't understand why that relationship went wrong or why I'm attracting the people that I'm attracting or, oh, why did I eat? I just regret meeting that person. Why did I give them my number? You have this whole stance and you are playing to the field of what you created. Your energy, ma'am, sir, gave off this thing of I don't do well in relationships. That's a declaration. That's actually an affirmation. When you declare or affirm something in your mental capacity, your emotional capacity, and goodness forbid, you you verbalize it, life has a way of creating that particular movie for you. You have to be, and I'm always going to stress this, you have got to be careful at what you verbalize. Our Father made everything that you see by verbally saying it. Let there be light. You cannot have it in your, anywhere in your capacity, especially verbalizing it, that I am not, dot, dot, dot. Please be careful with that. That is the most dangerous place you can ever be because then please don't have it where you're then shocked by oh my goodness why are things going this way could it possibly be if you were to scroll up on you know things that you've said before in a text thread or your own emotional capacity could it be that you have put out that affirmation of I am not good at something Yes, your body has a way of going ahead and catering to what you believe. Are you experiencing a secondhand fear due to someone else's experience? You know, you feel a certain way towards marriage. Now you good on it just, in, just as long as your favorite celebrity or your favorite personal couple stays together. Then you're like, you know, you're, you're air pumping, you know, your fist bump in the air and you're like, yes, you know, marriage is dope and you know, oh, maybe it's not so bad or whatever, but don't let it where a relationship that you've been monitoring on social media or, you know, your favorite celebrity or against someone that you're close to, don't let that relationship break. You'll be like, mm, I don't understand. Because the narrative now in the dating realm, we already know, 
because you're, you're seeing it on every, it's becoming a meme ever so often. But the narrative is, you know, dating is hard now. And the scary part is there are so many people who believe that, that that is the narrative that life is displaying for them. What would happen if people just started playing to the narrative of you have to be more selective now in the dating realm? What if you made it a little bit more where it wasn't so defeatist? You see what I'm saying? Like, don't base power couple on the Beyonce's and, you know, the Jay-Z's and the Gucci men. Because then you look at what they had to go through and you're like, mm, if I have to go through that, then I'm good. Like, if I got to make a whole Lemonade album based upon the tragedy that you put my heart through, yeah, Lemonade, you know, you got the homecoming and all the things that came out of that. But do I really want to do that? Do I really want to be singing Becky with the good hair and having this 19th wonder of the world, having people trying to figure out who is Becky, Beyonce? Beyonce Giselle knows hyphen Carter. We still want to know who Becky is. Is it Rachel Ray? For real. Like, between you and I. Like, is it Rachel Ray? Because that's who we think it is. But we ain't here to gossip. We doing the law's work, right? But how do you feel about relationships? What is your notion on marriage? Is it, oh, it's just another piece of paper based upon, you know, what somebody else passed down to you or somebody else seen or such and such is good and they didn't get married? Like, where is your belief system coming from? Is it because you stumbled across those particular pebbles of relationships a few relationships ago? Like, you have to really be careful. Where is this coming from? I'm going to be honest with you. I had secondhand fear when it came to home owning. I saw my mother struggle with home owning. I didn't like it. Although we were, she was a homeowner in New York, I just thought, nope, not doing it. I personally didn't have a whole bunch of home owning, you know, people to choose from in my own personal family. You know, my grandma had nine kids who all had kids who all had kids. And I think about a good three, including my mother, were homeowners. And so, in my opinion, it was just like, well, maybe this is just not the, I don't know, thing to do. But my mother bought a home that, you know, what we would call in the home industry um, a lemon. It had a poor gutter system every time that it rained. She was outside with buckets and doing stuff, looking like she was making a 1980s, uh, 1990s music video. Because, you know, it wasn't a good video unless you had some rain in it. If I had one wish, we would be best friends. Love it. Like every song, Control, like every song that you can think of that was a hit, they had some rain in the video. I can't send the rain. Like, really? And so every time I would pull up to the house or or I heard it thunder or it was like it, she was out there with the wet T-shirt contest going on. I was like, you know what? This is super embarrassing. And so it made me look. We get super, super snow in New York. Right. I'm not shoveling no Nathan. No, Nathan. I'm not doing it. I didn't like it. It hurt my back. My hands was cold. I was just like, you know what? I think I'm good on the home ownership, to be honest with you. And it took for me to go to another state to actually verbalize what my fear was um to a friend who was all for the home owning and to be honest with you if it it could have been anybody else who tried to give me advice it had to come from my friend ebony she had to be the one to tell me no let me tell you what you're really afraid of you are afraid of buying a poor home 
right? A home that you didn't do a good inspection on because your mother's home should have been inspected and it should have been detected immediately that, oh, there's a gutter issue here. It shouldn't have to wait till it started raining because y'all bought in the summer. And so you didn't ha you have to wait a couple of seasons for it to really rain to see, oh my goodness, the basement floods. You're afraid of buying too much home and not being able to afford your mortgage payments. You're afraid. And when she broke down what the fear actually was, was and why I was a little bit against or a lot of bit against the whole home owning thing and the things that my mother did wrong it was like oh wait a minute my mother bought a home she bought too much home she bought a home that included two other people's incomes my stepdad's and then my uncle stayed in the basement just the New York dream is listen you got a whole bunch of things you can do with this house you can make it an 18 family like how you want to do it and so when I saw that the secondhand fear was being passed on to me because of someone else's experience, I had to rewrite that. Like I had to because a part of me didn't want a home own, but the example that I had, I didn't want that. So if that was going to be my experience, then I didn't want it. And so when you, when you stop and look at why am I afraid of this particular thing in my life? Where does this notion, why do I get a, why do I feel like tails from the crit when I think about this particular situation? What is it? And you know what I came up with? Do you know when things truly stop scaring me? Like real talk. I stopped being scared when I realized that I had a different operating system. And I let the Holy Spirit lead me to decisions opposed to making the decisions and then asking the Holy Spirit to help me out of them. Like I had friends along the way that watched me grow. And I remember having a super candid conversation with one of my friends. And I'm just like, yo, I don't think that dating is for me. And I'm having this like super unveiled, you know, which at that time was accurate. The dating life wasn't going too well for me. I had minimal uh, patience. I wasn't dealing with a whole lot of crap. Um, I wasn't as promiscuous as the streets said you had to be to keep a relationship. Like I wasn't on my black China, okay? I wasn't moving in and out of relationships like celebrities. I couldn't. I had to actually like you, <laughs> you know, to, to want to further anything else with you. I wasn't a clubber. Like there was just so many different points I felt like I wasn't really making the cut to make relationships go a certain way I felt like I was a little bit of an L7 you know square as we say in New York and I felt like I probably wasn't at the top of the podium pole of all things wanting to date her even though I knew inside that I was super dope that anybody who was able to get that close to me would probably have to be arrested because I was low-key an illegal substance. Like, that's how dope I am. Listen, you got to toot your own horn. I know what I am, okay? You can do a lot of things, but you ain't going, you, you cannot replicate who she is. Have a nice day. As I fling my hair to one side in my head. But the truth of the matter is, the decisions that I made, I made with a different operating system in those prior failed relationships. The truth was, I was not my truest self in those relationships. Let me explain something to you. If, if you have to be a chameleon to keep a relationship going, if you, I do believe in compromise. I don't believe in chameleon. 
Meaning, if he likes more of a party girl, if you have to then, uh, like, literally cut your wardrobe down with scissors to try to make a party outfit, then that is not you. It is one thing for a person to bring out a side of you that you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, you you didn't birth this side of me, but you helped me nurture it. And then I realized, oh, my goodness, I like this. It's a difference between that two. Now you have to go and truly almost like create a brand new social security number because this relationship requires so much from you that it feels like work. I remember having someone who truly wanted to do all things, day party, night party. If it had a party, he wanted to be there, and I was exhausted. I don't think that I'd ever been so sick, literally. Like I was having the flu in the summer because I didn't know how to dress. From It just was, when I say exhausting, I mean exhausting. It was like, bro, I'm going to have to pretend like my phone was dead just not to pick up this phone call because you're going to invite me to something else and I'm over it like the exhaustion thereof my body is like bro if you pick up the phone I'm just gonna fall asleep on you no we're gonna shut down like I can't do another piece of a be ready by this time no this is abuse and I don't want to do it I'm not going to be up and down these streets. My mother told me when I was younger, you're not going to be ripping and running these streets. And, and I want to go ahead and take that notion up right now as an adult because I'm tired. And you want to be out here and I got to pretend like I'm not cold and I got to pretend like I'm breathing it. No, 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 no. I'm not ripping and running. I'm going back to my OG teenagehood and I don't care. I'm staying in the house. I'm on punishment, sir. Yes. That's what I should have said. <laughs> but. You have to start trusting yourself. The person that I was in those prior relationships, the person that I am now, baby, please, you feel me? Nobody can get me to do nothing that is not true to me. I am super authentic. You could trade me like a baseball card to make a trillion dollars. How about that? I am in such a different place that it's like, listen, I was the Ninja Turtle would have me do, speak, say anything that is not my true self. But the secret sauce to the drip, if you will, was the fact that I learned myself through and through so that my picker became different. I learned she is not nobody's party girl. Nobody. I mean, I do like the song, party, 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 let's all get wasted. And, uh, you know, listen, she used to do a little bit of the dance on her back in the day, you know. I, listen, I'll have a mean mobile concert, put on some Cardi, clean version, please. I do, I do, listen, I Christian all the way through, you know, the, but I'm on the side of like the Kurt Franklin. Oh, my people say, like, I like to get the little... You know, I love God. You love God. She likes a party. I don't feel like becoming a Christian or walking out Christianity in the shoes for means that you got to be. What it really means to love. You don't always got to, like, that's life every time. You just got to be hand in the air crying all the time. Like, I think that God made you. The way that you're supposed to be made, he just wanted to change your operating system. Like, even think about it. Let's go down this rabbit trail real quick. Before Paul, you know, became who he was, 
when he was Saul, he was absolutely a rule follower. Listen, I stand for this. I'm killing Christians. This is what I stand for, right? God didn't change Paul completely, he changed his operating system, means that he had the right ladder, he just had it against the wrong wall. God just said, hey, bro, that ladder, you're doing it wrong. Can we change it? Boop. And he changed his operating system so that he could be Saul. But he still was a, a super, like, listen, when he went for something, he went for something. He was, I'm, I'm going gun-ho with killing Christians. I'm going gun-ho for Christianity. God just changed the operating system. So I like music, okay? God just said, hey, just make sure you don't have to beep 90% of it out, okay? Th that's how he works with me. But when he changed my operating system, everything around me became easier. It wasn't like, oh, he's so cute. It was like, bro, do you know your purpose? What's your relationship with God? Hmm? Oh, you go on Easter and on Christmas? Oh, okay. I mean, you pray. Oh, you're not religious, you're spiritual. What does that mean? Okay, say it again. Oh, okay. It became to the point that I started seeing people from the inside out. Right. And I think a lot of times the relationships are failing or you think your picker is failing because you see people from the outside in. And that is the most detrimental thing you can do to your life. It equates to regret. It equates to wasting time. And you feel like, oh, my goodness, I get the wrong in, in the stick. No, because you have formulated this thing in your head where I like them this complexion. I like them this tall. And you have all these different attributes that are physical that by the time you get to their character, you're like, he's a gremlin. But she is the bride of Chucky. Right. So I, I just started doing things different. God was like, listen, I remember reading in the Bible, you know, first Samuel, when, when Samuel went to go ahead and anoint David, God said in the Bible that people look at people from the outside, but God judges the heart of a man. And that's my paraphrase of it. Right. First Samuel 17. So my thing was, if God looks at the heart, then I'm looking at the wrong thing. And so I wanted to immediately find out who a person was before I saw them. Yeah, I, we can, oh, he's so cute. Man, she fine. Look at her shape. We can do all that. But you know what? Real talk, um, where are you going in life? Because I never wanted to be the person that got inside of a car that looked amazing but had no engine. You feel me? We, we are doing so much of the awesome things. We pulling up to a house that looks great inside. You go inside, it has termites. No, I want to figure out, do you have termites before I start making this my home? Do you have the capacity to take me where I need to go, where God has me going? Are you going to interfere with that before I start packing out this trunk, sir, ma'am? You understand? So when I started really going the line with God, relationships started looking differently. I trusted myself. Opportunities started looking different for me. I trusted myself. I didn't let every phone call and every interview be a, oh my goodness, I'm getting ready to take this job. It was no. I literally was taken full advantage of at the end of the interview when they asked, hey, do you have any questions? Absolutely. Quick question. Do you require for us to work on the weekends? Because I'm not 
you have to understand decision making will save you an abundance of time great decision making skills and I became wise enough to figure out I don't know it all so I no longer tried to pretend like I would I can make a decision a deep permanent decision of any sort with surface information I absolutely cannot and so when we start going on these interviews making these decisions matter of fact and in friendships that don't need to be there anymore. Can we touch on that real quick? Okay. I stopped letting my operating system be, but I've known someone for so long, but they've been a part of my life since. No, 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 no. I am true to my new operating system of if it no longer fits, then we have to donate it. Like, let's just go ahead and do what the Bishop Johnny Cochran said. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. And I believe that we have to stay true to how we're evolving, how things are changing in our lives. And we need to do an evaluation ever so often. You know, jobs do it annually, some do it quarterly. But you need to do an evaluation of your life and see if all the things that are in your life still fits. And a lot of us are not opening up to new relationships because we're already maxed out on the friendships that we currently have. But, and that's okay. I'm not one that just goes out. I'm not playground with it no more. I'm not in the sandbox where I'm just making friends as soon as I go to any particular situation. I am super personable, but I take the word friend very, very seriously. If the Bible says that Jesus is my friend, God calls me friend. Yeah, that's, I don't just throw that word around. That word equates to a lot to me. I have a zillion associates. I have people that I talk to, but I have a few people that I call friend. So when, again, the, the operating system of it all, it just changes. That wasn't my operating system a few years ago. I didn't look at it like, man, God calls me friend. You know, I should be picking my friend. No, no, no. Friends was, oh, you like that particular music, food, celebrity? Oh, me too. It was if we have similarities, then we can be friends. No. And that's just the beauty of trusting yourself. When your operating system has changed, things start to feel like, you know what? I can't start something new. I believe that a lot of us are not embarking on new opportunities and new situations because our operating system is still super duper old. You know, it's like the first windows. If you can find it, God bless you. But the thing about operating systems is either you're going to update it or you're going to become obsolete. And when you reach the realm of becoming obsolete, that means that everything around you is outdated. It no longer serves you and it no longer has a purpose for where you are going. Start trusting your gut feeling on certain people, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit's pre-warning. Trust yourself in, you know what, I don't have all the answers now, but for whatever the reason, I don't feel like I should let such and such close to me like that. I don't know. I just I have a funny feeling about her. I have a funny feeling about him. You need to become a student of the right now instead of becoming the student of hindsight. That should not, I've said it before and I say it again, hindsight should not be your only form of learning. That is not your only teacher. You need to get to the point that you realize, you know what? I'd rather not know all of it right now, 
but have this strong inkling, like my discernment is saying, mm, I don't think you should. Like I'm hearing the family feud buzzer super duper loud in my spirit, and I'm just going to adhere to it. And if I'm wrong, then uh, I can go ahead and clean up as I go. But if I'm right, praise God, I just saved an, another wound, another strike on my heart and on my emotions. We got to get to that place. So my challenge to you is what aren't you currently trusting yourself in, in your life? Like when you take it like a deck of cards and you just kind of spread it across the table, what aren't you trusting yourself in right now? And is it because you're making the decisions by yourself? Like I said, I didn't update my operating system by myself. Saul didn't update his operating system by himself. God had to go ahead and intervene on that situation. Because I truly believe, now being on the other side of an updated operating system, there's no such thing as a bad decision. Like, I don't, I don't live by that narrative anymore. I believe it gives you new armor and new knowledge for the road ahead. You got something in this situation that was really, really vital and was required for the road ahead. Don't go on the road ahead and then realize, ah, now you got to hurry up and do a crash course on learning something, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, that you should have learned in that prior situation. Don't you realize that, I'm just thinking, don't you realize that the best cooks make mistakes before they learn to slay the next meal? Like the person that you have in your head can cook their hiney off. They didn't just walk in the kitchen one day and go, oh, okay. They learned, oh, man. I missed an ingredient. Then they learned how to go ahead and mix certain things together. And was like, oh, this is a better selection. Who, who knew? But you have to really understand that a mistake, I think we just look at it wrong. A mistake is not a missed opportunity to gain knowledge. If you can grow from it, if you learned from it, you conquered it. That's how you start trusting yourself. You may have a valid reason not to trust yourself in prior decisions, but that was your prior decision-making system. When you pair with the Holy Spirit, every decision becomes easier. It becomes clearer. And whatever decision you already made becomes a part of your plan. Just go ahead and pray for a super-duper sensitive discernment. And I'm confident that whatever God has for you, the Holy Spirit will lead you to it. I, I believe it. I don't believe we, we do this life thing called life by ourselves. He literally, the Holy Spirit is the comforter. He gives us guidance. He reminds us of stuff. If we have our own personal coach in the spirit realm, why would you continue to make decisions by yourself? I'm confident enough to say, if I would have continued to choose the way that my prior operating system was leading me, I would have continued to fail. Not because of the Holy Spirit um, not doing his job, but because I didn't tag my teammate being the Holy Spirit. So again, I want you to, because you know what these conversations are, they are life-provoking conversations. I want you to kill that narrative of that very thing that makes you feel like you can't trust yourself to make said decision. That is a lie from the pit of hell. I do not want you to believe that at all. I want you to understand that when you pair with the Holy Spirit, every decision is a great decision. 
and if you're walking out a particular decision if you're walking out something currently right now and you're a little off do not worry the Holy Spirit will go ahead and recalculate and go ahead and navigate you through but as long as you are moving you giving the Holy Spirit something to work with don't you dare let that prior discomfort make you feel like the comforter can't lead you you see me looking at you no I just want to make sure that you have this because the worst thing ever is to fear you you are not kryptonite you are not the grim reaper to your life being greater you are just one of the components that say hey before you there's life and death choose life like that's how awesome God is yes you have choices but he gives you the answer <laughs> choose it that's it and don't choose it based upon what your past experience yeah but I'm scared of marriage because of that couple and I don't really want to be a homeowner because of somebody else listen if God led laid before you two options and you feel any inkling to you know what I feel peace and it's very separate from being nervous but I feel peace in making this decision I promise you if you make it God will navigate you through it I promise you life doesn't have to be a maze that you always get stuck at it can be it can still be a maze but now you can hear the instructions from someone who has a bird's eye view you understand it's not as hard as we're all making it it really isn't trust yourself only because you are now trusting the leading of someone who's gone before you the Holy Spirit you're trusting the voice of the Holy Spirit you're trusting the voice of God you're trusting the leading it's a brand new trust when you trust in that area you absolutely can trust yourself but if you refuse to update your operating system I apologize you've become obsolete the choice is yours but I feel like you got what you needed and as my good nanny says all right I ain't gonna hold you Go ahead and do what needs to be done. You know what has to be done. Because I'm confident that as I'm speaking to you, God is talking to you. And you know exactly what needs to be done. Trust yourself. But only when you start trusting God more. You understand? Okay. You go be good. I'm going to go ahead and let you update yourself. No, I'm not one to gossip, but I know what you need to do. I'll talk to you later. Okay. <laughs> later.